What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Disney Plus Informer Podcast, your source for all the latest news, rumors, reviews, and more about Disney Plus and beyond. This is episode 59. We're back with another special episode. Uh, this one, uh, we've got an interview with Caleb Chapman, who is the lead singer, frontman of the fantastic band Colony House. Michelle, um, earlier this week, was able to sit down for an interview with him and found out a little bit about their new album, Cannonballers. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, Michelle, um, give us a little background, if you, if you can, about uh, Colony House, and then we'll go into your interview and, and listen to that. Yeah, so they're an indie rock band. What I love about them is I really they appeal to a wide variety of I would audiences. Agree with that. Um so if they are not on your radar, you really need to check them out. Like you said, they just released their uh fourth full-length uh studio album called The Cannonballers last month. They're currently on tour. They put on this amazing live show. They have a really special way of connecting with their audience and uh just including the fans and the audience, like incorporating them into their show. Which last week we watched yeah. their live stream and, and got to see like them, uh, you know that con- that connection. They they have uh, something that they do where they bring a fan up on stage to to play a song with them, and they never know exactly what they're going to get, which you're going to find out a little bit more during uh, the interview. But yeah, the, uh, this band kind of uh, they've been around for a little while. Like uh, like Michelle said, this is their fourth studio album, and. I guess that's it for this. Let's just sit back and listen and uh, find out a little bit more from the man himself, Caleb Chapman, with his interview with Michelle. So today we're talking to the band Colony House, which is comprised of band members Caleb and Will Chapman, Scotty Mills, and Park Cottrell. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. You have such a unique sound. I like to say that you're a one-size-fits-all band because I hear pop, rock, some punk, garage band, even inspirational. How would you describe your sound and who are your influences? Oh, man. Well, thank you for that little introduction. Very kind. Uh, I, I mean, I think the inspirations are probably the reason why such a vast uh yeah such a big sound as far as like what you'll get if you listen we could go from like the massive rock bands like u2 and kings of leon who in our formative years were like everything we wanted to be and then i mean we were listening to just like five minutes before i called you uh randy newman and Nick Cave, um, younger artists like um, there's a band that we've been really into called Dead D E H D, um, and I don't know. We could go all over the Roy Orbison, Johnny Cash, Glenn Campbell. Uh, I, I could it. We could literally have a whole interview about our influences if we wanted. But I say. On this last Colony House album, we we got it down to what our sound is, and we've come up with what we like to call our own genre, and that is landlocked surf rock. That's us, Colony House. And that sounds perfect for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So I know that you and Will are brothers, but how did you all meet, 
and how did you come up with the name Colony House? Um, so yeah, me and Will met the obvious way biologically and uh, Scotty was introduced to us from our cousin at a family gathering. Scott was, uh, was just hanging out, was good friends with my cousin and they were hanging out and my cousin was like, hey, I'm supposed to go to my, my cousin's birthday party. You want to come? And that's how we met Scott. And we found out he played guitar. And that's the very long story short. From that day forth, he played guitar for us. Um, he's from Knoxville. And that's how we were introduced to Park, who is also from Knoxville. And uh, we just threw a bunch of friends um, and hanging out and touring together. Park entered the fold as the bass player. As far as Colony House, the name goes, when we, when Scott joined the band and moved from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, uh, to Franklin, he, uh, I got married and was going to move into this apartment, but then me and my wife ended up buying a house. And so my brother and Scott moved into this apartment and that's where the band started. That apartment was called the Colony House Apartments in Franklin, Tennessee. So we decided this is where it all started. Let's uh, let's take it with us wherever we take these songs. That's amazing and funny how things work out too. I know, it always is. So your fourth full-length album, Cannonballers, was just released last month. And congratulations, by the way, because it's just incredible. Thank um, you. The title track, Cannonballers, is currently climbing the charts. And this is such a great, yeah. fun song, but also has a backstory to it and a little bit of folklore. So I was wondering if you could just yeah. tell us a little bit more about the song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, it's kind of this weird, um, eclectic song, both, I think, sonically and lyrically. Uh, it kind of came in, in the middle of the studio. We had hit a creative wall and we just were like, hey, we're making music. This should be fun. Let's take a little break on what we are working on right now and try to just creatively entertain ourselves. And that's where Cannonballers came from. Just like pretty much a band, like in the early days, just messing around. And um, so we started working on this song and a lot of this album, uh, the Cannonballers is kind of calls back to our childhood and talks a lot about Tennessee since we're all Tennessee boys born and raised. And so um, I started thinking about around the same time we started working on Cannonballers, I was thinking about this old theme park that doesn't exist anymore called Opryland USA. And there was a roller coaster there called the Wabash Cannonball. And it was me and my brother's first like real roller coaster. It went upside down. It was just a thrill. And I thought, man, what a visceral like name of a roller coaster. I, it's just fun to say. And so I was like, I'm going to figure out how to get that into this song. And so I started looking into the kind of backstory of the Wabash Cannonball. Obviously, with it being an Opryland, it was mostly based off of the Wabash Cannonball song. Um, but I started looking into the actual Wabash Cannonball, which is a train. And there's this um, old folklore that surrounds it that the Wabash Cannonball is more or less the Flying Dutchman in like hobo <laughs> in the hobo community. It's like 
when the when the Wabash Cannonball, you know, when the whistle blows, it's coming to take you off for your final ride, you know, your ride into the great beyond. And so there's some kind of spookiness to it, but also like this fun kind of almost like a ghost story. Um, but that song kind of wrestles without getting into the nitty gritty. It kind of wrestles with uh, the speed that we all live our lives at and the, the pace that we've kind of become unfortunately comfortable with. And I, I don't know. I just like looking at life and being like, man, we have such a, a small amount of time here. It's so precious. Why are we, why are we spending it in a hurry? You know? And that's kind of, the idea of the wall bash cannonball and thus the song cannonballers yeah i found that so fascinating and you really captivated that um well, well you. your songs are very visual so i wasn't surprised to learn that your song you know it was featured in a nationwide samsung mobile commercial and then yeah. your music has also been featured in shows like good behavior and pretty little liars how did that happen? Did someone reach out to you and say, hey, we want to use your songs? And is writing music for a specific show or film something you'd like to do in the future? Oh, man, what a question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I, yes, is the short answer. As far as how those songs get to where they get, that to me is pretty fascinating and almost beyond me. There's obviously a whole team of people working hard to get your music in as many places as possible. And so to me, one of the greatest compliments is when a music supervisor is like, I love this song. I'd love to put it in our show. I'd love to use it on a commercial or whatever, as long as to, as the artist, as long as it feels like it supports the song and doesn't take away from it. It's like a really big gift to be able to like, Hey, I get to pair uh, my music with the song personally when i'm writing music i'm i am very visual and i kind of think of my songs as little short films and i kind of see them almost before i hear them uh not in a literal way but just i i imagine them as a visual kind of before i hear them as a completed song and so you know of course bucket list items would be to to work on a film one day and like dive fully into um composing or or soundtrack into the soundtrack world but um yeah as far as writing specifically for a show or something like that i think right now it's a gift to just write what's on your heart and what you're like living through and then if that pairs up with something um that's like a total win and a high five moment for the band so yeah it's for yeah sure. it's been really cool so your songs have very powerful lyrics. Uh, Looking for some light comes to mind, which is a personal favorite. And you all created, directed, and produced your own feature film, Everybody's Looking for Some Light. Can you tell us a little bit more about that project? And also, is it available to stream anywhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's not available to stream yet. We're working on how to how to do that in the best way uh we did a few so I, i'll start with how it came about um uh when we released the album that looking for some light is on leave with lost behind it was we released it right before the pandemic 
And, and so we started touring and like pretty much two or three months after we released that album, the world shut down. And, uh, as a touring band, we were like, what are we going to (laughs) do? And having no idea how long the pandemic would last. Um, you know, I, I personally just started like digging through old footage from making the album and making all the music videos and started kind of like mixing down some live performances uh sonically and little by little i started piecing together these little clips that we thought well let's just put these out while we don't really know what's next so people can stay connected and hopefully encourage people and as i was editing the clips together i was like i think this actually might there might be a story here um, that is bigger than just like some Instagram posts. And so I like over the summer of 2020, I edited together a feature length film that pretty much asked the question, you know, we, you know, when, when something unexpected happens, when, when the wind is taken out of your sails, uh, like, what do you do when you hit a fork in the road? you know, what do you do with that? And for us, the idea of everybody is looking for some light really encapsulated like the feeling of that time for us and for so many of like, we're all just looking for a little bit of hope in this really desperate situation. And and so, yeah, we we leaned into that and told our version of of our story through our music. And I think it really... I think it landed with a lot of people. And so we showed the film at a drive-in movie over the pandemic. Uh, we created this whole drive-in experience. And then we submitted the film for some local, like the Nashville Film Festival, not expecting much out of it. And it got selected. So it like it's this really endearing DIY film that kind of like uh, gave us a lot of hope and creative opportunity in that really really weird pandemic time yeah that's so well said and you took something that was you know affected us all at that time and really turned it into something creative yeah so you are currently headlining your own tour in the U.S. and are playing Bonnaroo in June Yep. So last weekend you live streamed your concert, which we were lucky enough to catch. And I could just feel the energy coming from the screen. And you have this really special way of connecting to your audience. Can you explain what 220 is and then how did that start? <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, 220 is a song off of our first album. And that song is literally called 220 because when we first wrote it and recorded it, it was two minutes and 20 seconds long. But we didn't have any lyric at the time. So I was like, I, we just call it 220 because that's how long the song was. And obviously wrote a few lyrics to it. But it, it, uh, it just started out as like a fun, a fun song. Oh, not a joke, but just something that was fun to play at Soundcheck. And it's kind of turned into this like cult classic for our band. A bunch of kids love playing it on guitar because it's kind of this bluesy riff song. And 
it's so much of a cult classic at this point that a lot of kids want to come up and play the song with us on stage. And that's been happening through the years where people hold signs up like, let me play guitar on 220. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. And so on the, on this tour, we've decided to just lean into it and like give people the opportunity. It's like, Hey, why not? I mean, the worst that can happen is we just got to start over or something. I don't know. It's just music. So we just, uh, yeah, at every show, pretty much, if someone wants to play it, we just grab them out of the audience and let them come up and, and uh, we see what they got. So the import, the most important thing to me is that it's never actually planned out. Like we never know the person and their ability. We know that we're going to give someone an opportunity, but I don't want to know if they can actually do it because then it feels like a fake moment. So if you ever see us and someone comes up on stage from the crowd, it is not, uh, it is a stranger to me and I don't know what's about to happen. So it just keeps us on our toes. It keeps every show a little interesting. I absolutely love that. And what an amazing way to connect with your fans, really. I mean, so cool. Yeah, really fun. Well, thank you so much for your time, Caleb. I really enjoyed talking to you uh somewhere between uh listening to your music and uh prepping for this interview we became huge fans so amazing uh, well, really thank special you. so uh thank you very much and you know great things are coming your way and we wish you all the best thank you so much well i appreciate the time y'all means a lot all right uh thanks again so much to caleb chapman uh from colony house for that uh thank you michelle for for doing the interview as well that was really cool stuff uh it's really neat to to find out uh some behind the scenes stuff about uh, a band that you really like so um you can also check out uh the written version of that interview on our website which is disneyplusinformer.com uh, that's going to do it for the episode. Uh, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'd totally appreciate that. To Be sure to visit our website, DisneyPlusInformer.com. All the latest news, rumors, reviews, release schedules, and more. And now when I say more, uh, you're finding interviews uh, with uh, some musicians. Uh, so uh, you can reach out to us at podcast at DisneyPlusInformer.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MoreDisneyPlus. Stop by and visit our Facebook page. We'd totally love to see you there. Until next time, we're going to get out of here. So we'll see you later.